Jesus reaches out to everyone, especially those who feel like no one really cares. Today, Pastor Ray Bentley describes that good news. And I wonder if I speak to someone and you feel like you're on the fringe. Jesus Christ himself is actually here. He said, wherever two or three will gather together in my name, there I am going to be right in the midst of you. Jesus is here. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. As kids, we all wanted to be part of the in crowd. We wanted to feel accepted. But later, we learned that those in the in crowd didn't feel accepted either. Today, Pastor Ray shows us the Lord's compassion for those who were truly on the outskirts, the fringes. We'll see he has the same care for us. Gospel according to Luke, chapter 17. The Lord is present to heal and to touch, and on this day he cleansed 10 very, very desperate men who had an incurable disease called leprosy. And uh, I think there's some great lessons that we can learn in this. But it's about 10 lepers that are healed. Only one responds and comes back to say thank you to Jesus. So the title of the message is The Power of Praise. So uh, Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, says, Now it happened as he, speaking of Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, or Yeshua, Master, have mercy on us, or have pity on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed, or as they went, they were healed. So here's the story. Jesus is traveling now south toward Jerusalem. We're in that section actually in the Gospel of Luke already where he's making his way uh, to the triumphal entry and into the city of Jerusalem and for the prophecies to be fulfilled where he will be lifted up on the cross for our sins. Now as he leaves the Galilee region, he comes to the border of kind of the next geographical area which is Samaria, the Samaritans, who are non-Jewish. As he comes to one of the Samaritan villages, there's a road, the road that leads out of Galilee into this new area of Samaria. And on the road, before you get to the village, was a colony of lepers. Leprosy, uh, now modern times, it's called Hansen's disease, named after the doctor that uh, actually discovered what it was. For many years, it was a great mystery. All of a sudden, your flesh eats away and fingers would fall off and ears would fall off and hands would become nubs and noses would come off. And so they thought it was this kind of flesh-eating disease. But guess what they, this Dr. Hansen, who, by the way, uh, is a Christian, a believer, and actually has written a book about what he discovered about leprosy. Here's what it actually is. It's not uh, so much that it 
eats away your fingers or your digits or your ears, what it is is that it deadens your ability to feel pain. And thus, by not being able to have any sensitivity or feeling, you can close the door on your hand or your fingers and they break and then eventually they can fall off because you can't feel anything. Now, one of the things being made in the image of God, we, we are made with, with hearts and we are also made with souls and being able to feel things. And sometimes people feel like life is so harsh and so bitter and so cruel. If only I could be a rock, if only I could be a stone, if only I could not feel anything on the inside and it would relieve me of all this suffering and pain. Actually, in the natural, there is a picture of a great gift that God's given to us in the spiritual. The ability to feel physical pain tells you something is wrong and therefore you give it attention and how many would basically like in your lifetime to keep your fingers, toes, nose, ears and other parts of your body? Good, then guess what is required that you feel? Physically, your ability to feel is what saves you. Your capacity to experience pain is actually a warning system that preserves your body. Well, guess what? It's not a very long dot to connect to our souls. It's called in the scriptures, the conviction of the spirit of the Lord, that something is not right. Because if we didn't feel anything, if we could you know, sin and harm people and do whatever with impunity, uh, we would be literally lopping off different parts of people's souls. In fact, that's what they call psychopaths. They don't feel anything. That is not a good thing because there's something about the human condition then that goes to greater and greater extremities, you know, in the extreme form, serial murders, because they don't feel anything. What are they doing over and over and over again? They're trying to feel something and they're disconnected and it's a living Nightmare. That's what these lepers were experiencing 2,000 years ago. It was an incurable disease. As lepers, they were banned from living in the village. So what these guys did is they formed a little colony on the outside of town. Uh, lepers lived, they did not live in society. They were not allowed to live in their community. They were not allowed ever to go home. They were not allowed, if they were Jewish, to go to the temple and worship the Lord or to bring sacrifices or there to offer prayers. Now it turns out that this little colony, an interesting group that normally would not have mixed together, there were nine Jews and one Samaritan who had nothing in common except now they were living together in this little uh, community, this little colony on the edge of the road. Why? probably because that was the best place they could beg for food or a couple of little coins or some pity or compassion of the people that were leaving Galilee, coming into the Samaritan area or vice versa, Samaritans going into the area of the Galilee. And so their common suffering uh, brought some very different people together. And, and they were this little community, this little colony. Um, it was their only form of companionship was other suffering lepers. So now, here's the deal. Jesus is walking along the road. He has a little band of followers. Jesus has already been for some time ministering in the Galilee, 
Well, Samaria was not that far away. People had already seen Jesus, heard Jesus, maybe even been healed by Jesus. We're coming back into Samaria and we're now sharing the radical stories of a man like we've never known, doing things that no prophet had ever done, not even Elijah, not even Elisha, not Moses, not the great prophet Samuel. No one had done the things that he is doing. And even already, the story had gotten out that there were lepers who lived in colonies around Galilee who had been healed. And, you know, these guys that were on the road probably always, if they asked for alms, they also said, so what's the news? What's the latest? What's going on? And now they hear, hey, Yeshua of Nazareth is on the road. He's just back a ways. He's coming. Well, these lepers, having heard this story, are looking. Can you imagine? They get up. I mean, this is the hope and the dream of their life, is Jesus of Nazareth. As Jesus comes into eye vision, all of a sudden these guys, and by the way, as they were dressed, they didn't have the normal things even of the community to wash their clothes, so they had literally rags. They were dressed in rags. They looked gaunt. Uh, they probably were rather frightening and pathetic to look upon. So these guys in rags, kind of like skeletal, they're, they're jumping up and down, bobbing up and down, uh, waving their arms, trying to get Jesus' attention. And, and it's, a, it's kind of a, uh, on the one hand, pathetic picture, and yet it's a very uh, pathos-filled picture of emotion. This is their hope. Yeshua of Nazareth, you're the Messiah. We know you can heal us. Come. And they're hopping up and down. All 10 of these guys are bobbing up and down, waving up and down. Now look with me in verse 12. It says, then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. This was a picture of these guys' lives. They were very much alive. They were human beings. They had feelings, they were sensitive, and yet they lived in this kind of twilight zone. They weren't really in the real world or real society or real community, and they weren't dead. They were kind of in the middle, in a no man's land. There used to be a show when I was young growing up called The Twilight Zone. Anybody remember The Twilight Zone? It was this weird, they had all these strange shows about people that were kind of caught in bizarre, little islands of reality or non-reality. Uh, and, and it was kind of a strange, fascinating show to watch. These guys were in the twilight zone. They were on the fringe of society. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. Every time I hear Pastor Ray teach God's Word on the radio, his love for the Lord is very much evident. He's always excited, and he succeeded in passing that excitement to me, which often prompted me to go back to the Lord in prayer, to read God's Word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ray's life. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to send a message, just send it to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. So how does Jesus feel about people who are ostracized? 
How does Jesus feel about people that are in, living in this no man's land? How does Jesus feel about people that are living on the fringe? How does Jesus feel about these people that are in this nether world? And I think the beautiful thing is Jesus is at the fringe of humanity. He's at the center of social life. He's at the center of the religious life when he goes to Jerusalem. He is at the center of Samaria when he goes there and those who are ostracized. He is in the center of those who are in this incurable situation called leprosy. They have no hope. They're going to have a miserable, pathetic existence, never be able to see family or friends the rest of their lives. And Jesus is right in the middle of them. And I wonder if I speak to someone who came tonight uh, and you feel like, in one way or another, in your own definition, you're on the fringe. You are not in where the normal people in your mind are living in society or community, and you're obviously not dead yet either. And you've been drawn by this desire to be made normal, to be healed, to be cured, to be made whole. You've come to the right place. Jesus Christ himself is actually here. He said, wherever two or three will gather together in my name, there I am going to be right in the midst of you. Jesus is here. The same Jesus who went to this little bend in the road leading out of Galilee into Samaria with the little lepers bobbing up and down. And maybe on the outside, you're, you know, no one would know. But on the inside, you're saying, I understand. I can relate to that. That's how I feel sometimes. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Well, how does Jesus respond? Look with me in verse 14. So when he saw them, he spoke to them immediately. In other words, Jesus responds immediately. And what does he say to these poor guys that probably are now all huddled together and they're excited and they're nervous and they can't believe that, you know, the greatest personality that has ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus Christ, who is said to be the Messiah, who has the power to heal the incurable disease of leprosy, is now standing in front of them. What does he say? He says, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus does something that up until this time, which is probably several years already into his ministry, Jesus does something he has never done before. Number one, he does not touch them. There are other occasions, which we've already read in the Gospel of Luke and Matthew, Mark. Uh, we'll also talk about that in John, Jesus would go up and he would touch them and they would be healed. Jesus didn't touch them. There were other times that he would make a pronouncement. Be healed, you're cleansed, and then they would be healed. That doesn't, he doesn't say anything, he doesn't make any pronouncement to them. All he says is, you know, they're, they're bobbing up and down, heal us, heal us, have mercy upon us, son of David. He says, okay, go show yourselves to the priests. He's telling them to go to Jerusalem. From Samaria, that's a long walk. And they're probably willing to go, but they're not well. They're still standing there and, you know, they're, they're still with leprosy. Go your, show yourselves to the priests. What, what does he mean? Why did Jesus tell them to go show themselves to the priest? Well, he's, Jesus is actually asking them to follow the law and the word of God. Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. There are actually these two chapters. I don't know if you've ever read Leviticus. 
You know, usually people start reading the Bible in Genesis, very exciting, Exodus, woo, Moses, Ten Commandments, and then Leviticus comes along and they die on the vine. There's all these sacrifices cut here, slice there, do this, do that, and you know, percentages and offerings, and it's like, ooh, you, you kind of lose it a little bit. Well, it does take some, you know, I would encourage you, uh, persist through, get some helps to read along. Jesus is in Genesis, Exodus, and Jesus is in Leviticus. Now, here's what's very interesting. You have these two chapters and, and, uh, about lepers being cleansed and being healed. They really weren't used. I mean, the only actual leper that's mentioned in the entire Old Testament that was healed wasn't even Jewish. It was a guy named Naaman, if you remember the story. So Naaman didn't go show himself to the priest, uh, as Leviticus 13 says, because he wasn't a Jew. So there is a tradition that says for generations and for years, you would be a young Jewish student, you'd have your little bar mitzvah, and now you're a man, you can read the, the, the Torah on the Sabbath, and you can learn about it and discuss it and so forth. And as a young man, you're growing up, you're saying, hey, Dad, now, you know, I've seen there's lepers, and it's a horrible existence, and there's this whole two chapters about what to do if you're cleansed, and, but nobody, in, nobody we've ever known has ever done that. Nobody's ever been healed. What's the deal? And it happened for such a long period, and the rabbis kept getting asked again and again and again, why did God put this in? We don't know anybody, you know, except that guy Naaman, but he was a Gentile, so he never used these laws. What's up with Leviticus 13 and 14? And finally, the rabbis began to say, when the Messiah comes, he will cleanse the lepers. In other words, he will do what even other prophets have not been able to do, he will cure the incurable. Ah, the young Jewish students would say, that makes sense. Oh, when the Messiah comes, he will cleanse the leper. So when Jesus, who is now going to cleanse these lepers, tells them, go to the priest, he wants them to go and blow the dust off, Leviticus 13, and have them now present themselves. And here's what you would do. You would present yourself to the priest. I've been healed miraculously. The priest would examine you. If you don't have any blotches or any blemishes, he'd say, okay, but we've got to check. You've got to live in this house here uh, by the temple, and they would live there for seven days. He would then, after seven days, be re-examined. Did anything appear kind of like, you know, it went away, but a rash maybe comes back or the leprosy comes back. If after seven more days, there's still, I can't find anything from head to toe being examined by the priest. Then the priest would go get two doves. They would come back and the first uh, dove would be killed. And its blood would be poured into a basin of water. So you have this basin now of bloody water. There would be a second dove. They would take the second dove and they would pour the bloody water over the, the entire body of the second dove. And then the priest would take it and with the bloody water falling off of it as it begins to flap its wings, it would go up into the air. Now, no explanation is given as to why or what this means or symbolizes or anything else. That, if you read Leviticus 13 and 14, that's what you're going to read. This is what Jesus, and now in Luke 17, is asking these priests to go and do which has not been done. And I believe one of the purposes Jesus had was that by enacting these ancient laws, 
that the rabbis themselves in Jerusalem had said, when the Messiah comes, he will do this. Jesus wanted the rabbis themselves in Jerusalem to say, has the Messiah in fact come? And examine themselves, and if it was true, their responsibility as the faithful shepherds of Israel was to proclaim that God has completed his word, he has sent the Messiah, and we are now to follow him and listen to him, and they would be Jesus. That's what I believe was going on here. So Jesus gives them a command. So by faith, they start. He doesn't say you're healed. They're standing there. They're not healed. Nothing miraculous has happened to them. Jesus says, go to the priest. Now, nine of them knew what was at least going on because they were Jews. One was a Samaritan saying, what did he say and what does that mean? He had no clue what was happening. So they all, 10 of them now, start going down the road. And we read in verse 14, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Where was it along the road to Jerusalem? I don't know. I don't think it was very far because one of them runs back. But they're obeying Jesus' word. It doesn't make sense. They're going to tell the priest, we've been cleansed of leprosy. But when they took their first step, they weren't cleansed of leprosy. By faith, they had to obey the word of Jesus. And you know, uh, if you are a leper and you have no other options going, what else can you do but say, well, let's go do what he said. So the 10 of them start walking. And they're probably looking at each other. And probably, I'm, I'm thinking some of them are excited about it. In a group of 10, you're going to have 10 different people, 10 different responses, 10 different personalities. Some of them are going, all right, we're going to be healed, we're going to be healed. Others are going, I don't know, I don't feel any better right now. And, you know, others that would demur and, and just say, this is crazy. This doesn't even make any sense. We're not healed yet. This is not how we heard the stories of what he did in Galilee. But what else are we going to do? We're going to die. We're miserable little lepers anyway. And so the 10 of them start walking. And as they went along the way, all of a sudden they might have been talking. They might have been deep in thought into a discussion. One looks down and the idea, I believe, it was like 10 new births. They looked down and they all of a sudden did they have new uh, fingers or ears or their skin begins to heal. Something radically, supernaturally immediately comes upon them as they're walking down the road. And one of them says, man, this is awesome. I'm healed. Unreal. And so some of the guys begin running now down the road toward Jerusalem. The Samaritan is running with them, but he stops. He goes, wait a second. He goes, shouldn't we go back and thank the guy who just saved our lives? The nine go running down the road toward Jerusalem to fulfill their sacrifices, obligations, and religious duty. But one man, the Samaritan, turns around and runs the opposite direction. He runs to Jesus. Pastor Ray Bentley with insight on the healing of the 10 lepers and the one who returned to give thanks. And there's more to come from this study here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, The Power of Praise. And if you missed any part of today's presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking media, 
you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.